You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Just like that, the final hour is here. Monday edition. We are. Getting you ready for tonight's national championship matchup, Georgia TCU. We'll give some predictions, some thoughts, and big takes going into the game tonight for the matchup. Looking forward to that. More NFL discussion as well, uh, where the storyline for the last week has been with DeMar Hamlin. And he is headed back to Buffalo. He's been released from the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. And he says, headed home to Buffalo today with a lot of love on my heart. Watching the world come together around me on Sunday was truly an amazing feeling. And it was a remarkable and fast recovery considering, Chad, last week felt like two or three weeks combined as you waited on information to slowly come out of this where you have to hurry up and wait, but you really don't want to. You're trying not to speculate, but it's hard not to after three days where you're trying to get any little inkling of information on how things are going. And I'll just speak for me personally. I mean, I, I went from watching that horrible scene on the field to Googling if anyone had ever died during an NFL game and, you know, discovering uh, the player for the Lions back in the early 70s to thinking that when we weren't getting an update, it must mean awful news throughout the next 48 hours to being very much encouraged by the news from the doctor's this past Thursday, to everything over the weekend, Hutton, to now being discharged. Mm. I mean, prayers were answered in this in this deal. There's no other way to say it. And because it was from the darkest thoughts of what we were witnessing live on TV to no news, which led us to some dark thoughts, yeah. to encouraging news, actual news, and now he's leaving the hospital. It's It's awesome. So many different perspectives on this, and one of them right here in our own backyard of Nashville, Tennessee, with Brad Gaines, former Vanderbilt running back. And if you haven't seen the SEC Network and ESPN special uh, on Chucky Mullins, make sure you you find that. Uh, Chucky Mullins, who I believe passed away 32 years ago, uh, maybe 32 and a half 1991, years ago. 1991, yeah. And in 1989, he was paralyzed from the neck down uh, while – uh, making a hit on our guest in studio, Brad Gaines, who joins us. Uh, thank you for the time. Good to see you, and uh, welcome to the Six of Peabody Studio. But good to see you guys. Hey, this facility is is fabulous. It really is. What a what a neat place to do this show from. It's a full city block. Yes, right, it is around here. This I mean, the, right. the, if you go outside and everything, it's large. That's so right. We like it. Um, your perspective is is one that we thought of last week. Um, because T. Higgins was certainly a part of this story. <clears throat> Bart Scott saying things about how you know the the hit or uh, should or should not have come about, and there's no blame there whatsoever. But uh, from your perspective, Brad, and just knowing the emotions that go through it from what you went through, um, what came to mind for you initially when you saw all this going down in well, Cincinnati? Uh, immediately. My thoughts obviously go to DeMar, but 
they immediately then go to T because look, I was in that I was in that spot, that exact spot, and if you've never been there, you cannot fathom what that's like. And so I knew what's going through this guy's mind. You know, it is. Uh, so until you have those results, as you say, mm-hmm. which now in the age of social media, when this happened to me, uh, you know, the other night I knew they they could not play that game and to continue the game. Look, the NFL is a gigantic business monster, correct? Oh, yeah. And so there are a lot of things that they have to think about. Advertisers, the the whole it's 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 about money. So did they probably want to get that game started? Of course, you know they probably did. However, after a while, and you see what this is, there is absolutely no way that those players would have played. wasn't going to happen. I mean, you can't you can't ask a coach to now think about. Here's what I game plan on on third and when it's third and five and on the 40 going in. And here's – you're not thinking about that. The players are not thinking about that, I promise you. When that happened with me, of course, that's so long ago and you didn't have social media. And so we finished the game. However, they life-flighted him out of Oxford, Mississippi to Memphis. And so you didn't know. It wasn't the age of where you expect quick response and you get instant information. And now you'd have gotten an update on the sideline from someone behind you in the stands that's reading their phone. So for me, it was until after the game when the press is in there and I'm asking, hey, does anybody know what the situation is with the fella from Ole Miss? Of course, I didn't know it was Chucky at the time. Right. But uh, for – T. Higgins and, and a couple of guys that I played with, Chris Donnelly, who ended up playing at Alabama, uh, I think was roommates with Dabo. And I called and said, hey, have Dabo call me. I want to get T's number. You know, I, I want to reach out to him. I can – I've been there. I know. I know what he's going through. And so for the next three or four days, I'm, I'm telling you, it's a lonely spot. It's a lonely spot. It doesn't matter what – you know, his head coach can some can talk to him or his parents can talk to him. It doesn't matter because, you know, I, I know. I know what it's like. Well, and it's also, you know, you were a fullback at Vandy, so uh, it's a violent sport to begin with, but you're playing a violent position. I mean, your your whole goal is to dislodge humans, right? To exactly. move people around, to hit them as hard as you can. And I'm watching that play, and it was immediate. I know it takes a certain mindset to play the game, and to psych yourself up to, I'm going to knock this guy over to get extra yards. But the moment everyone knew something was very wrong, sure. how, how quick did it change with you? When you knew, okay, I'm Brad Gaines, the guy trying to knock you over to get extra yardage to, hey, I'm a human out here and something's not right. Well, f- for me, Chad, it was, uh, it, was a third, it was a third down play. And uh, if you go back and look at the film, look at the video, as I start to catch the ball, I'm going to catch it back into the end zone. It's like on the two- or three-yard line. Back into the end zone for a touchdown. And as soon as the ball gets there, bang. I mean, a great hit. And if you keep following the video, I mean, I get up and I'm catching my breath. It was He did his job. Chucky Mullins did his job. Came across from the other hash mark safety, made the play. 
you know, dislodged the ball and just had a great play. However, he immediately went down. And when you say, look, Billy Brewer said, look, I, I couldn't go out on that field, just like in the video. And he says, uh, and Leroy Mullins, who was the trainer there, told me, he said, we thought he was going to die on that field. And then the surgeons at the hospital had told me, look, when we got in to do surgery at the hospital, his neck, it looked as if somebody had dropped a grenade in it. So, I mean, it's it, it's tough. It, it's And and the, the game is so fast and, and, and players are so big and it's so violent uh, that – Unfortunately, there will be more injuries. It's going to happen. It's going to happen every year, and so that's that's just that's just one of the things that happens. Brad, how long did it take? And I know you, you never fully get over this. No. Um, before you felt like you know what, it's not my fault. It's you know, what did it? Was there something that you had to hear in order to really feel that way? Because. You were never this. You've admitted you mentally you weren't the same player after this play. No, no, and, and it, it made me it made me not love the game, and that was not me. Hey, at the time, I've got Greg playing at Seattle, Chris is playing at Miami, and I know. Hey, that's where about I'm, your brothers. That's where I'm. Five. Yeah. That's where I'm going. Yeah. I know what my next step is mm-hmm. is to play at the next level, and then after that. It's it's amazing because look, nothing like that has ever happened to me. You know, I don't even think I had ever buried anybody, much less something happened. And it's it's an emotion that you can't control. Look, I, I when Coach Brown called me the other night, immediately after that happened, and he said, "Hey, Brad, I just thought of you." And so, um, you never lose that. You know, I do what I do when I go to the grave because that's what I do. Uh, you know, I, this year when I win, it's five degrees down there. But, man, that's what I do. And I'll, I will continue to do that. So, do you ever get over it? I mean, that that's for – everybody's going to react differently to different situations. You're going you're gonna to respond differently than right. I would. Chad's going to respond differently than you would. I mean, it's it's just different. This is just how how I react. So you know, I don't. Uh, uh, that's just what I do. You know, we we've seen the store, the 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 SEC Network, ESPN movie. You know, uh, the film. We've read the story, so we know about it. Sure. But t- tell everyone that doesn't know the story about your annual practice of visiting well, his grave. Look, it, it's uh, I, I visit his grave in, in three times a year. I go May the sixth, the the anniversary of of when he died. I go the twenty eighth, the anniversary of the accident, and then I go Christmas Day. And I've done it for you know, I've made that trip several hundred times now. So it. it uh, Again, it, it, that's just what I do. And anything, man, it helps me. It, it helps me. It gives me time to visit with him, t- to reflect. And, you know, it's an all-day drive, and it's, it, it, it's more therapeutic for me than anything. Brad Gaines in studio with us. Uh, how about the moment yesterday with the kickoff return for a touchdown? Isn't that amazing? Buffalo returns to play. I mean, that just that, that just tells you. And, look, I'm not getting kooky or hooky or anything like this, but 
I do believe that the Lord puts people in, in, in positions to where they can make an effect. I think that I was chosen for, for to be in that spot. You know, I, I think uh, things like that happen. I mean, the opening kickoff for him to run that back. I yeah. mean, right. I mean, that's just, that doesn't happen. I don't know how you kept playing. It's, 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 that, it's, you know, like in that moment. Sure. Yeah. Were you in, in the moment, were you hopeful the rest of the game that there was a better outcome than, than maybe you thought deep down it was? And for, that kind of kept you going. I'm saying for me, with, after, yes. For me, I, I mean, it was like, uh, I think I had a pretty. Because you're right now, it'd be crazy to keep playing. You oh, knew yeah, right yeah, when it yeah. happened with DeMar Hamlin. But you didn't they know they were going to play. And so, it, it, like I said, it was after the game when, when I'm meeting with reporters that I have to ask somebody how. how. So, ironically, uh, the coach that recruited Chucky at Ole Miss, Ron Case, it came to Van Watson, hired him that year. And so, that next day, he's telling me all about him and he tells me his story. And that, uh, and as you come to find out, it's the, it is the epitome of myself. I have this athletic lineage in my family, and we've all done well athletically. And I could have went to a lot of schools, and you have this guy who comes from nothing, doesn't have anything. I come from a strong familial background. He doesn't know his dad, his mom's died when he was 10 or 11 and he begged for a scholarship so it was kind of that you know that have and have not thing this side of the track this side of the track although I didn't come from money but I came from a strong family unit that you know and it was it was one of those things so coach Case tells me about his story and it just it just resonated and you know we ended up being you know, great friends through this. Were you able to, to talk with T. Higgins? Have not yet. Okay. But but I will. Yeah, look, you, you, you know, and it's right now, it, he's getting so many requests. And, and look, look it, it's good for him to, you know, the, the, the best thing for T is. The result. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, I can promise you he's sleeping a whole lot better but now. But when we heard the Bart Scott comments. Well, you know, that, look. I, I I had to think about that, you know, and I thought he can't be, he can't be that knucklehead to say something like that, right? I mean, he's I mean, a player, the type it, of player he was, too. and he was a and, linebacker, I, that was a hard hitting linebacker. And so, and then I'm thinking, you know, are, are they trying to have a pro and con? It, it, you know, kind of like sure. Shannon Sharp and sure and, and Skip. What's his Skip? And, and who's a Vanderbilt grad? Yeah. <laughs> But so I, I said, he he can't, it, you know, because now look, Bart's public enemy number one the next day, right? By uh, former players, current players. Oh gosh, not just us. So right? it, you know, yeah. it, it it was kind of puzzling that he said that. I don't, I, I don't. I, you have to think, I, did he really mean that? Did he really? I, I don't know. I mean, I, has he made it? Statement on that? Do y'all know? No, he? he just kind of he said it, and there were no apologies. Kind of went away. I haven't seen him back on, you know, ESPN no, since but, then. Well, but, uh, look, those are some things that can be, you know, I don't want to say a career killer, but things like that. I mean, they they matter when you 
involve the public in the sentiment of the public. Look, two years ago, I mean, would they be, they would probably hate you if you just tried to get up there and say a prayer. And then Orlovsky says a prayer, and Ryan Clark, the fantastic job that he did. Hey, you know what? Who do you turn to when it's tough, right? This has certainly so, changed the discussion about prayer. Oh, my goodness. Uh, in, in a big way with a lot of major media outlets that I've seen. I, I, I completely agree with you on that. It, it's been different well, I mean, since look, this moment. How long, when was it? I mean, if Tebow did it 10 years ago, he gets vilified for it, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, and, it, and it's here. It's just it's. Doesn't make sense, but and there's hey. no way that Orlovsky could have planned that. Now no. it was the spur of the moment aspect that allowed him to do it, right? Like right. on live right, right. television, and it, that's not on a rundown somewhere. But look, it's like hey, yeah. ABC would have would have they would have gotten blasted if oh, no they doubt. if they would have cut to a commercial. Yes, then, and know? honestly, yes. I think probably a producer would have discouraged him against it had he, as you said, Hutton ran it no by question. someone. No I think question. he did in the moment, and people loved it. No doubt. And uh, everyone on set with him, you know, bowed their head and prayed yes. with him. So uh, I think all of that helped the discussion around it. Hey, for those watching, that may be a little bit confused, Brad. You got the Vanderbilt visor on, and you got the Go Big Blue shirt on. <laughs> yeah. But that's because your daughter, Riley, is uh, just finished up a very successful swimming career at, uh, at Kentucky. I know, is doing very well. She has. Uh, I think she's, uh, she ended up being a 10, 12-time All-American. And last year, I think she broke a couple of SEC records and – you know, she's kind of been in the news for some other stuff here yeah. here lately. But as a father, she's been on the Outkick Network. In fact, she has. Yeah. She's she's been on with Clay several times. Been on with Tommy Laren too. Yes, and uh, she's in D.C. She was at Trump's this weekend, and she's in D.C. today. So, uh, I mean, look, this is American. Everybody has an opinion. That's if if you lived in Iraq or Iran, you couldn't say these things. So. You know, she has uh, a platform and she has an opinion as a father. I'm tremendously proud of her. Um, and look, it, politically, and we discussed this earlier, doesn't matter how, how you look at it politically. The whole thing is, uh, is, is what's fair is fair. And it's not fair to have a biological male compete against women. Well, look, somebody that has been has gotten tremendously close to Riley's Bruce Jenner, uh, uh Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. And uh and he has been fantastic. And, and here's a I'm sorry, here's a guy. Uh here here Caitlyn is that is a tremendous uh support of look, this is not fair. And you're talking about the guy that you know, I guess we were really, really young kids, but here's the guy that is totally all-American, super good-looking, could have any girl Greatest in Hollywood. Greatest athlete of 1972. Greatest athlete in the world. I mean, look, that's what it is, period. So it, it, it's just – it's it's not right and it's not fair, you know. Yeah, we I talked know. about it yesterday. It's weird that it's a, even a, an issue. I feel like right. it's not – you know, it's I, – I don't know. It's just, of course – What's fair is fair when it comes yeah, the to the judge that. in West Virginia. It's common that, sense. Uh, the, I believe there were 16 or 17 states now that have some sort of uh, policy in place now, which is great. Right. 
But I mean, uh, by and large, the, by and large, the, I think the majority of Americans agree with what we're talking about. Yeah, well, we we separate boys and girls in sports at a very young age, like past right. t-ball. Sure, they right. start. Pl- but and there's a reason for that because physically, boys and girls are different. So of course, men and women are going to be different as they age and become young adults. Well, it's, look, th- this, this guy, is not rocket science look, that we're this, talking about. This here. guy that swam against Riley, uh, legitimately legitimately 6'4", you know, and arms that will reach from here to here, and was, what, ranked in the 400, 500s in the mail. And right. so he goes over, and he probably, if he really tried, could have broken, like, Katie Ledecky's records, and she's the great, probably, yeah. arguably, the greatest female swimmer in the history of swimming, right? I mean, and so that, that just doesn't make – that. That's just there's nothing right about it. And look, I don't want to hear all about well, it's not fair and the mental aspect. And come on now, what he did was he he took all American status from two girls who swam their whole life to to do these things, and and that's what's selfish, you know. I so. We go. agree. Well, your 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 daughter's doing well, so congrats well, on that. I, I, know, I know you're it. a proud dad. I am. I am. I am. She moving to DC soon? I don't know. Hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. She but, goes from swimming in a pool to swimming in a swamp. <laughs> I am. She's in the chlorine, yeah. the chlorine in those pools are a lot uh, more clean right. in that DC She's uh, swimming situation. In Shrek's pool, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, what are you up to nowadays, bro? Uh, I'm in uh, been in healthcare, yeah. and and so I I enjoy that. I want to make sure the, those notes aren't like secret codes or something. You've got pinned to your, uh, yeah. your collar there. Well, I have to make notes. Right. I have to make notes now. So You're like a coach with a play hey, sheet. I thought, I thought you were about to call some Man, how did how in the world did you? I tell my kids, how did they say? How did you get in Vanderbilt? You know. <laughs> So, I, hey, I've got it, people asking me how I got in the middle. So it's okay. well, they say, "What'd you get your degree in?" And I have a PE degree, okay. And so, uh, but I say, I say it's an engineering degree, physical engineering. Do they still have <laughs> PE? At no, Vandy. And and I'm going to tell you a little quick story. So, and I'm not proud of this. But me, my, me and Chris. Statue of limitations is up if this is some sort of NCAA violation, no. by the way. So it's fine. So <laughs> say whatever you want. No, yeah. So Chris comes back. He's playing somewhere, and he comes back to graduate. And we're, we are like the only two people in the university that are left in the PE program for like two years. <laughs> and so as soon as we get out, they, they cut it all you out. You could be Professor Emeritus. So there's not a PE program. And grandfather clause for the physical education degree at Vanderbilt. I, I remember for a while, I think PE – became human and organizational development uh, that's because what i was. remember talking to another vandy grad and like if you notice most every athlete at vandy <laughs> it's kind of like they're undecided the undeclared major it's human and organizational development which no one even really knows what that means it's like human resources it's, i guess was this the vandy's version of swahili at but i Carolina? tell them i say hey you look on that diploma it says Vanderbilt University. Doesn't matter that I, most of my classes were at Peabody. Doesn't matter. <laughs> and I tell, hey, I graduated from an institution of higher learning. Hey, so, man, and hey, you give us an education on uh, Chucky Mullins and the impact of all, of all of this. So, I mean, how th- you mentioned things happen for a reason and you're put in a certain spot. I mean, we're joking about the PE thing. Sure, but, sure. Uh, uh, hearing your story and seeing the piece and learning about Chucky Mullins, um, uh, 
you know, we're sitting here thinking, man, this could have been a similar situation, and it's not well, with, with, with Hamlin. Without and we're a very doubt, grateful without a doubt. And 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 first, look, my relationship with the people at Ole Miss is absolutely unbelievable. I mean, they have been so good to me, and you know, I, I've developed relationships. Of course, me and Billy Brewer got to be super close, and then. After him, Coach Tuberville, and then, uh, of course, I knew uh, Coach Cut mm-hmm. from when he was in Knoxville and, and, and recruiting different things like that. And then Coach O, Coach O and I got to be good buddies. And then when Houston came there, me and Houston just – I mean, we've traveled together. We, we – it's so it, it's things like that, and and, and the players and, and the fans, and and it meant something yeah. to them. But look, you you're talking about, uh, you know Mississippi, which has that stigma of you know the whole race theory behind it, right? Mm-hmm. And what they did for him and to raise the money. It, 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 look, if this happened today, when you saw the money that DeMar raised, oh, my gosh, and they raised a million dollars in a weekend. Without a GoFundMe. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they're passing around KFC buckets and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. I mean, you say Chucky, and they know who you're talking about, right? Sure. So SEC fans do for sure. I mean, look, the SEC is, you can argue however you want, but it is the absolute best league, best run league. Yes. And and that's why, uh, look, if Clemson was in our league, they would lose three or four or five games every year. It it, it just would. And if the Pac-10 or Pac-12 or whatever it's called now, they're – they would be – Vanderbilt might have a chance, right? So, <laughs> so Well, just ask Florida. Hey, Vanderbilt has a chance now. Prayers, That's right. Prayers are answered all the time, Brad. This Never is know. right. This Vandy, is Vandy true. may compete for a title in football after Look, hey, hey, thanks for coming in studio with us. We really appreciate it. Glad to this. be here, man. Anytime. Yep. And you guys do a fantastic show. I listen to you every day. And, Thank and you, sir. And you have a great following. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, man. Uh, great perspective there from Brad Gaines. Uh, coming up, Chad, let's uh, stay with the SEC theme and preview tonight's let's title do it. game. With some big thoughts on Georgia TCU. That's next on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Our Kick 360 rolls on our thanks to Brad Gaines for joining us in studio. Also, Amy Dash and Trey Wallace, who's got you covered for Outkick with tonight's national championship game between Georgia and TCU. Black Monday across the NFL. Cliff Kingsbury is out as the head coach. Um, and, and for the Arizona Cardinals, Steve Keim, their general manager, also out. Michael Bidwell said he prefers to hire the GM first, then the head coach. But he also added that, and he may have been asked directly, but he says that Kyler Murray will have input on the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Um 
You don't hear that often in a coaching search. Sometimes you just try to pair the style. Uh, and if you do want them to meet, you have them meet just prior to the announcement that the new head coach is coming in. Um, but the pitch is Kyler Murray with the contract that was handed out to him this past offseason. Todd Downing has been fired by the Tennessee Titans. Yes, believe it or not, they are parting ways with offensive coordinator Todd Downing, along with offensive line coach Keith Carter and Anthony Midget, the secondary coach. Um, this is a step of the right direction for this offense, regardless of where they're headed. We had seen uh, enough evidence from this Titans offense, when healthy and with not, and when not, that enough was enough with running it back again with the same offensive system. Of course, um, Downing had the DUI right after his grand performance, maybe of the last two years, honestly, at Green Bay this past this past season on Thursday Night Football, and uh, Chad, they've they've decided. Now, uh, literally hours after Vrabel held the presser and said, we're all responsible for our actions, and he's going to talk to the coaching staff about um, how to handle moving forward a, a DUI situation. Hours after he says this, Downing's out. And they also have Tim Kelly still there, part of the staff. Tim Kelly's former offensive coordinator of the Houston Texans, was the passing game coordinator for the Titans. And it was someone that they had requested to reach out to and possibly interview whenever they ended up hiring Todd Downing and Kelly seems to be a logical fit that would go in line with what Vrabel wants to do and Vrabel knows him from Houston do you think Bill O'Brien if he doesn't get a sure. head coaching job would yes. make more sense with the Titans or with the Patriots uh Patriots and, and what, and given his background his, with Mac Jones yeah that's a good point and I'm trying to think about what would his preference be uh, probably New England. Bill Belichick said today he's coming back for his 23rd season. I didn't know that there was any speculation he wasn't. But if yeah. you're Bill O'Brien, you could... I mean, Josh McDaniels isn't there anymore, at least not this offseason. So you could set yourself up to have a opportunity at that job. Yeah, that, that's going to be a hot name. I think that Bill O'Brien's going to get some looks at, at, um, at head coaching jobs. But if not, the Titans would be foolish not to approach him about being offensive coordinator. A lot of talk about Cliff Kingsbury uh, with the Titans or other openings. I think personally with the Titans, it makes no sense. I mean, his background is in the air raid. And I, I didn't, quite frankly, see a lot of organization with their offense when he was there. Uh, it looked like, and maybe some of this is Kyler Murray with some of his deficiencies, but it looked like an offense where the guy you know backs up seven steps and runs around like crazy and occasionally yeah. you know hits a crossing pattern during the game. I, I wasn't that impressed with their offense or his offensive ingenuity and organization there. It certainly wouldn't make sense where the Titans are right now roster-wise. So I don't like that for the Titans. Bill O'Brien would make some sense. And Hutton, do we like the let's do the year-in locker clean-out press conference and not announce any changes and then immediately announce the changes after so you don't have to take questions about the changes? I mean, it works out great for the organization, but he knew this when he oh, met with the media today. Yeah, yeah. This may did. have already been done by then. I don't know if it was and that if early not, on. just immediately after, because but he knew what he player, was doing. They had the player exit interviews and then clearly the staff exit interviews. But yeah, I mean, the, you would have known you were making this change. Yeah. The Monday after you lose on Saturday night in Jacksonville and you lose 11, seven straight, 
and you have your first losing season, you you know what changes are in store um, if you're doing it on day number one. So, yeah. And uh, by the way, uh, Vrabel was very loyal to Downing throughout the season. Yeah. Right, when he was asked about even the, the problems with the offense, you know, and the fans here have been calling for his job for more than a more than a year. Um, he he made the the logical choice though. Every uh, if you're going to say that John Robinson shouldn't be around for the rebuild of a roster because the or, at organizationally you don't trust him, and that's what essentially ownership said. I don't know how you can also not look at the offense and the play calling and the creativity or lack thereof, even from week one on, and just the the average point scored, the, the fact that they only scored three offensive touchdowns in the fourth quarter all season, and say, you know what, moving forward as we begin to re, re, retool and rebuild this, Todd Downing's the offensive coordinator. Couldn't do it. Um, so with or without the DUI, the results on the field, to me, were not warranting him returning in that position. Yeah, it was a tough year for Todd Downing. No, no, no doubt about it. And... That's that's the ethos of of Mike Vrabel as a coach and what he wants sure. is not a lot of finger pointing. So it would make sense that he would do everything within his power to deflect away blaming from blaming one person. So you're right, he was loyal, said good things about Todd Downing. I think all that's in an effort to try to point the finger e- either at himself or not to make sure the blame isn't focused in one spot with his team. But what he showed was, for all the people that say, well, he's too loyal for his own good, he made the necessary steps to improve this team and this organization. That's a good thing for the Titans organization that Mike Vrabel is willing to make the difficult decision, even with his friends in the business that he's worked with. And he clearly, I believe, made the right call with yes. getting and, rid of Todd Downing and, and, going, all, and, and I mean, now let's go in a different direction. If you're Mike Vrabel with the offense. And now also, just, just to point out too, I mean, with, with the DUI and what we've seen in the, what the NFL's done in the past, if you bring him back, you're likely, he's likely missing, he's on suspension for a month or a little bit longer than that. So a quarter of your season right there is when you're going to have to go, if it would have happened this year, and it wouldn't because they let the, the legal process play out, but it would have been Tim Kelly calling plays. Again, I'm just, I think that makes the logical choice. And if you're bringing it back, you have to plan for a possible suspension from the league because we have seen general managers, we have seen owners, um, coaches who have been suspended for about four to six weeks, give or take the situation. So that was also part of this, too, that made it much easier. And also, there's we talked about how Mike Vrabel very much is not a let's, let's not roll one person under the bus and right. blame anyone else type guy. There are times where his frustration, you can hear some honesty and yeah. truth behind what he's saying. Today during his press conference, I heard where he was asked about the injuries and this just unprecedented rash of injuries the last two years for the Titans. And you could tell he was getting chippy and, and frustrated when he's talking about it. And he's saying, you know, I don't know what to do about concussions and MCLs and ACLs that happen in games. But he did go on to say, and he talked at length about it, which is not like him, he said soft tissue injuries that take place when you are a repeat offender is how he phrased it. When you're a repeat offender with soft tissue injuries, and he named David Long Jr. and Christian Fulton, mm-hmm. he said, well, Kevin Byer has never pulled a hamstring. 
So, you know, you play fast with quick twitch in this league. you got to learn how to get yourself ready and how you practice. to do that and how you practice and prepare in the offseason to make sure you don't have injuries like that. Yeah. Um, I thought that was very well said, but a little glimpse at honesty to the media from Mike Vrabel, which you don't, obvi- you don't get a lot, quite frankly, from what he's, he's clearly thinking. But that was a, a brief moment of honesty on the injury situation. And I agree with him. People that want to talk about injuries in any sport, it's, it's bad luck unless it's involving muscle pulls for the most part. I think that's what you – if it's like a form they, situation where you're not tackling properly and yeah, you're throwing shoulders technique. out and things like, with technique, but most of the time if it's a ligament in a knee or something like that, it's probably bad luck. But you got to look into everything right now if you're a team like the Titans after this season, after this seven-game losing streak Big changes, to end the year. Big changes coming to the, the number one seed from last year and likely both of them uh, from what we saw with the Rams as well. Hit us up with your thoughts at OutKick360. Uh, coming up, we will preview tonight's national title game. Georgia TCU will give our predictions. Also take a look at the comparison roster-wise and what we'll see on the field tonight. That's next in Outkick 360. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Outkick 360 rolls on. College football playoff title games have averaged 64.5 points. Only two have finished below 60 points combined. Georgia's played in both of those games. Now, also consider that last year was trending that way and then Jameis Williams got hurt. So, can TCU make this a high-scoring affair? If so, they're not only covering, they're in it in the fourth with a chance to win with Duggan at quarterback. I trust the Georgia defensive system and the fact, and I, I, Chad, I think you're on board with this too. If they were going to lose, it was going to be last week. It was going to be Ohio State. And the fact that they survived that, not only survived it, but came up with some massive plays. Yeah. You don't feel like they'll get off to that same sluggish start offensively to where they're then chasing. And then they, they catch up, right? They make plays. And I don't think the defense is gashed in the same manner. Was it? 2011, where Alabama beat LSU like 24 to 6 in a well, national a, championship there game. There was a 21 nothing game. 21 nothing. That was the one. 21 nothing in 2011. That's where everyone reached SEC fatigue, I think, <laughs> more than any other time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was 12 years ago, I guess 11 years ago when the game was played in two, early 2012. Feels like an eternity ago when you think about the offenses. Yeah. When you get to this point, and I don't know if it's just fatigue by the end of the season but even with Georgia's great defense we've seen the drop off in the last few games leading into this especially against Ohio State credit Ohio State's great offense for that also I do think points will be scored in this game Um, I I just I I had this sense 
watching that win over Ohio State that this is the big hurdle that Georgia's got to clear. And once they cleared it, they weren't going to get a big challenge from TCU in the national championship game. I still feel that way going into this game. But man, oh man, what a story it would be. I've got like uh, oh, you have? Uh, it's like fuzz, but it's like a bug. I feel like it's oh. all over me. If I see it, I'll maybe get it I'm for going you. crazy too. I'm I probably creating something that's on my head that doesn't exist. <laughs> You're it came out of nowhere. There's a beep going You're off like, in my house right now, Hutton. That at times makes me think that it's like the Telltale Heart, oh, like Edgar Allan Poe story. <laughs> that I'm like slowly. You're the only one who can hear it. I'm slowly gonna go crazy, and and something bad's gonna happen. But there's something going off in my house, and every time I get everybody in the house to finally be quiet, and to hear it, you, no, then I'll hear it somewhere completely different. I'll go into one area, and think it's coming from in here. So is it a smoke detector? And then what it'll go this? somewhere else. It's not a smoke detector. It's some toy of one of the kids or something that's the, da- <laughs> Low on the batteries. batteries. Yeah. Dying or something's going on with it. Anyway. Well, when Chad finds that may, this toy. I think that that's now, it's pervaded my entire life, and now I've got fuzz <laughs> that doesn't even exist that I feel like it's on my forehead. Uh, the uh, Georgia's going to win, though. Uh, yeah, Georgia's winning this game. I think TCU can cover, though. Is it it's still 12, 12 and a half? 12 and a half. Yeah, I, I wish I could have jumped on this a little bit earlier to, uh, to get an extra half point or a, a full point, really. I've, I've seen people that have them. Maybe they've teased it up a bit. But I think TCU can keep this less than two touchdowns uh, tonight. They're certainly capable. Uh, the To do that, they'll have to continue to prove everybody wrong because, again, we're sitting here counting them out. Georgia's winning this game. And you can see, according to 24-7 sports, uh, the recruiting classes and the dominance of Georgia through all this. And, you know, the rich get richer. Meanwhile, TCU and the job, the coach. I mean, th- when you see the recruiting classes, Chad, this is why they were picked seventh in the Big 12. You know the perception of what's on their roster versus what they've done, which is answer the bell week in, week out. Yeah, and they've got a top 15, top 20 class coming in next year. They've got, so far, the best, if not the best, one of the best tr- incoming transfer classes coming into TCU. So that, that statistic's about to get a little bit better. But 45th, 54th, 23rd, 32nd does not make a national champion. This would buck every trend in mm-hmm. talent. If they beat Georgia in this game, because people like to, you know, laugh at people who pay attention to recruiting rankings and all that. Bottom line is to win it all, you got to be top five consistently and not just flash in the pan top five. The one outlier to even make it to the game was Oregon. I want to say in the last 10 years, if you really look to the teams that make it, I mean, they, they were, you know, top 25, but never truly elite in recruiting when they were going. So where did so by getting to the playoff, I wonder how it affects you, you know, in TCU potentially winning it, how it would affect those numbers, especially in the transfer portal because it already has, right? They they've got one of the top classes in that area plus they're doing what you'd say top 20, top 25 in recruiting total. Um, but like Cincinnati, if Cincinnati made another run and they were back in, right? Like could you keep that momentum going even though Luke Fickle is, is out? The fact that Sonny Dykes is in versus the years we're seeing there where Sonny Dykes is at, you know, he's down the street. Now you've got Sonny Dykes and his recruiting plan in place. Uh, a chance for TCU to pick up the momentum because they're going to hold the mantle yeah. in, that, in that conference. I really think, you know, we, we talked about Georgia as a dynasty earlier, and that's what's forming. They're, I think they're about to win back-to-back national championships. I'll be shocked if we come back tomorrow on this show and we're talking about TCU as national champs with purple and white confetti raining down at SoFi Stadium. I'll be shocked. Yeah. 
So two in a row, they're forming a dynasty. They're not going anywhere. They're recruiting at a nationally elite level every single year. There's no sign of a drop-off anywhere in the near future. But for TCU, great opportunity here. With Texas and Oklahoma leaving, I think Oklahoma State is in kind of an odd spot right now, even though I think Mike Gundy is one of the better coaches in the country with what he's done with that program. TCU, Baylor has got a good opportunity. With who's left behind in the Big 12, someone's going to get to the 12-team playoff routinely. TCU's got as good a shot as anyone to be nationally relevant after this run. I don't think this has to be some flash-in-the-pan one-and-done for Sonny Dykes. They could be a year-in, year-out no competing for a 12-team playoff spot And here's the thing. program. Here's what I want. Fourth quarter competition tonight. If you look at some of the final scores of the championship game results, you can see some lopsided ones and some also uh, really tight games. But those are few and far between when it comes to the championship game results. Give me a, a close game tonight, but I'm taking Georgia. Yeah, so Russell in our uh, YouTube chat says, TCU's recruiting rankings over the last four years is akin to Syracuse as a reference. Ooh. So that's crazy to think about wow. Syracuse going to a national championship game and playing Georgia. Look, for that reason and the fact that I just think that Georgia's cleared the big hurdle, yeah. I think Bulldogs end up winning and covering the spread. I'm going to go 41-24. I think a late, I think they're up 10, and they get a late touchdown to really put it away. Georgia rolls in this game by 17. I'm taking TCU to cover, but it probably comes down to a garbage and I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's a, I hope it's a last possession door. game. Yeah. I'm with you. Let's go. Yeah, let's go let's down do to the water. We'll be recapping it tomorrow either way. You can check out Outkick as well, where Trey Ross has got you covered tonight from Los Angeles. Plenty of headlines as well. Join us tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern, across find that the Outkick in my Network. my house tonight. It's going to happen. <laughs>